Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues play yet another preseason game tonight. So I'm going to be reacting to the lines, some of the players that are playing, some of the players that aren't playing. And then I'm going to be talking about Jake Neighbors. Should he start the season with the St. Louis Blues in the NHL or does it make more sense for him to start the year in the AHL? And then finally, I'm going to be reacting to the TSN's top 50 players in the NHL list that they published recently. Recently, should be a busy episode. Looking forward to it. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host as always, Josh Hyman. Got a fun episode for you guys today. Like I said, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Shows that 50% of you guys that are watching these videos are not subscribed. We're getting close to 500. Just, Just click that subscribe button. I upload all the time, going back to pretty much daily uploads now. Uh, if you're a returning listener, you know, you've been been here before. Thank you for making Locked On Blues your first listen. Appreciate you. Appreciate all the support, especially in the offseason. But the regular season is right around the corner, and we are getting to the tail end of the preseason. But there is a game tonight, and I want to talk about it. I want to talk about all the players that are playing, all the players that aren't playing. Um, so the Blues are going with a pretty, uh, pretty... I don't know what, what adjectives to use, but a, a, a pretty non-regular uh, season lineup. That is a weird way of, of phrasing it, but it's true. Uh, they're really going with mostly uh, prospective players. You know, there's not there's only two guys on the roster that are uh, in the starting lineup that were consistent every night players last year. I guess maybe three. Uh, so I'm going to go line by line, forward line by forward line, and then defensive pairing by defensive pairing. Talk about it. Talk about what I expect to see out of those lines and more. It should be fun. Let's start with the first forward line. This first forward line is headlined by the only the, the can't talk today. The first forward line is headlined by the only two forwards that were consistent everyday players for the St. Louis Blues last year on this lineup, and that is Ryan O'Reilly and Jordan Cairo. What more can you say about them? Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, one of the best players on the team, one of the most important players on the team, best two-way player on the team. Etc. Etc. Jordan Cairo, the new eight and a half million dollar man, or whatever that contract even uh, equaled out to be, um, you know what you're getting out of them. Incredibly dynamic, incredibly skilled, incredibly fun to watch. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing them play. And then their line mate, their line mate is someone that I'm actually really excited about. That is Jake Neighbors. I've been talking about Jake Neighbors a lot. I've been saying he is a a potentially Calder winner for the St. Louis Blues this year. Um, I'm going to dedicate the whole second segment to him pretty much because there is some debate of whether or not he should start the season in the NHL playing, you know, down the third or fourth line uh, versus the AHL where he could get top line minutes. So that's going to be a debate we're going to have. I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys think about that. Um, I've made my thoughts pretty clear recently, but unfortunately, Craig Berube does not listen to this podcast and neither does Doug Armstrong. Um, So they don't really care what I have to say, but it's still a fun topic. Uh, Moving on to the second line, 
Josh Levo is on the wing. Now, he's a guy that I'm pretty excited about. He's a guy that I think could uh, spend a lot of time with the St. Louis Blues this season. I think he might not be an every-single-night player, but I would expect him to get a lot of time on the third or fourth lines. Uh, He's had flashes in the past of being a pretty good player. He's a good two-way player. Uh, can really fill a bottom six role pretty well and anticipate him to do that with the St. Louis Blues. I'm excited to see what he can do in a second line role with the Blues. Um, Also on that second line at center is Nikita Alexandrov. Uh, He's a guy that has, in my mind, uh, proven a lot. You know, he's, he's been a little bit better than I think a lot of people thought he was going to be. Uh, expectations in him were pretty low. I'm, you know, he was a late, later round pick for the Blues, but I don't think he's going to be necessarily a roster player this year. But he's a guy that you could expect down the line to potentially make an impact. And then Nathan Walker, I love Nathan Walker. Um, he's on that second line as well. I think he is a guy that's probably going to be around the 13th, 14th forward for the St. Louis Blues. You know, play 15, 20 or so games just based on injury and stuff. But he's a guy that can, you know, go out there work hard. He had a hat trick last year. Um, he's a really fun player to watch. He, he's little. But he works his butt off, um, and I'm, I'm excited to see him up on that second line. Now you look at the third line. It is centered by Hugh McKing, a guy that I'm a little bit higher on than I think a lot of people. Uh, again, another later round pick, so you don't really have to expect a whole lot from him. I don't think he'll make an impact this season, but he's shown flashes. He's shown potential, and I think he could be a pretty good player for the Blues down the line. You know, fill in a bottom six role when the whole Jordan Kyrie, Robert Thomas era officially begins. But in the meantime... You know, he's a good name to watch in preseason um, and really nothing more. Uh, right uh, on his right is Will Bitten, similar to what I said about McCain and Alexandrov. Um, you know, younger guys that aren't going to burst onto the scene in their early 20s, you know, 19, whatever. They got a little bit more time to develop, but a guy that could potentially have an impact down the line and maybe a guy that could have an impact uh, due to injuries and stuff this season. And then on the left side, Clem Costin. Now, I spent a lot of time talking about Clem Costin yesterday and basically said that he has been probably the most disappointing player for me um, in terms of Blues preseason. And yes, he had a goal, um, but I think all my sentiments from yesterday's episode stand. If you haven't listened to yesterday's episode, to sum it up, I think he's a bit of a low-effort player at times, and I think when he's engaged, he can be a pretty darn good player for his role, but when he's disengaged, he can be a real liability out there. And So far, from what I've seen out of him, he doesn't look like he's any different than the Clem Costin we've seen in previous years, which is tough. You know, you want some development out of a guy that young, and he doesn't really seem like he's developed all that much. It feels like his game is just still the same in terms of skill level. Um, he's merged into more of a, uh, a grinder-type player, but at the same time he kind of just takes a lot of bad penalties and he will put himself in in positions to score sometimes he is a very big body big frame skilled player um but other than that i think he needs to show a little bit more i don't think the door is completely closed on clem cost and the st louis blues i think he still has a chance to i mean i don't want to say make the roster this year but play some games with a big club this year like i said like due to injuries or whatever it may be who knows though maybe the team is a little bit higher on him than i am um, but again, I want to see a little bit more out of Clem Costin um, there. And I think, you know, on the third line, you know, it's kind of playing a similar role to what he's going to play in the AHL and what he would play if he made the big club uh, this year. Moving on to defense, not a whole lot of notables to talk about there. The first pairing is Kale. Oh, I skipped the fourth line. What am I doing? Fourth line, I guess, same thing though. Not a lot to talk about. Matthew Heimer. Highmore, Matias Laferriere, again, guys that you probably won't see 
playing for the Blues anytime soon. And then Martin Furk, a depth guy, um, could play some time with the Blues, could not. He's been injured for a little bit. I think this is maybe his first preseason game um, or maybe his second. I think he might have played in one of the first ones. Um, but he's a guy that I, I think could potentially play some fourth-line minutes uh, for the Blues this year, maybe third-line depending on how it goes, but definitely a depth signing for the St. Louis Blues. Quickly moving on to the defense uh, before we head to the second segment. Kale Rosen, Matthew Kessel. Seventh, eighth defenseman type guys, they might find their way into the lineup due to injuries, um, especially considering Scandella and Perunovic are out with injuries. I think those are two guys that could be potential call-ups uh, later on in the season. Uh, Steven Santini, Robert Bortuzzo. Robert Bortuzzo, I expect to be on the opening night roster. I expect him to be a starter for the Blues on opening night. Love Robert Bortuzzo. He brings a lot of energy. He scored a goal in preseason the other day, which was hilarious and amazing. Robert Bortuzzo goals need to happen more often. Um, they're so fun. The team loves when it happens too. I want to see a regular season goal from him this season. It would be amazing. Um, Steven Santini, big body, played a little bit with the St. Louis Blues last year. Looked like he was in over his head. You know, again, depth defenseman. And then Tyler Tucker and Brady Lyle. I've talked about Tyler Tucker a little bit in the past. I think he's a guy that could make an impact for the Blues down the road, but not quite yet. And then Thomas Grice, Joel Hofer. Thomas Grice has looked like a good backup. Joel Hofer looks like he's not quite ready for the big club, but he is probably next up for the St. Louis Blues. Okay, kind of speed ran that second half, but that is because I have a lot to talk about in the second half of today's episode. But before I get into any of that, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at, you guessed it, Bet Online. Now, Bet Online is your number one source for football betting and hockey betting. This season, you can find all the latest player developments, team matchup news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and the excuse me up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to BetOnline.net. Or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. And I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, so moving forward, let's talk about Jake Neighbors. Now, if you're if you've been listening to the previous episodes um, that I put out and my take, you might be asking yourself, Josh, why the heck are you even debating? whether or not Jake Neighbors deserves a spot in the NHL. Um, and, you know, I would tend to agree. I think he is good enough to play in the NHL right now. He is absolutely good enough to, to get an opening at roster spot from the St. Louis Blues. However, the problem arises in when you look at where he might play. Excuse me. Now, Jake Neighbors is a very talented player. But he is a young player. And you look at the opening night roster right now and you say, where would Jake Neighbors fit? And the only real spot you could find for Jake Neighbors, in my opinion, is the fourth line. Um, and that's that's okay. You know, it's it's better than nothing, I suppose. Um, maybe you could argue the third line, depending on how you do the lines, um, where different guys fit. But right now, he's got a lot of wingers ahead of him in terms of experience, in terms of being trusted by Craig Berube and being trusted by the front office. And because of that, it's hard to imagine him, you know, jumping right in with a middle six role or a top six role. And the fact that he's on the top line tonight is great. And the fact that he's played so well is great. I 
truly think that he is making it nearly impossible to be sent down. Um, but I only say nearly impossible because I'm, I'm just going to lay it out for you. I'm going to lay out the scenario. Fun aside, bias aside, excitement for Jake Neighbors aside, which would you rather? And I'm not, I'm not saying this is what I would rather, but there are pros and cons. So would you rather Jake Neighbors plays on the fourth line is forced forced to play a somewhat defensive grinder role and plays six or seven minutes a night with NHL talent, but still he's he's not playing an offensive role and he's not being given the chance to show off his passing. But he is playing in the NHL. He's playing against the highest competition in the world. Uh, he has the opportunity to work his way up to higher lines, whether it be injury or what have you. Um, he has that opportunity. You know, he it isn't a death sentence being put on that fourth line. That doesn't mean he'll be stuck on the fourth line for the whole season. But there are definitely some 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 cons that come with that. Versus, you send him down to the AHL. Now, the cons with that, we don't get to watch Jake Neighbors play every single night. Um, he doesn't play with NHL talent. You know, he has another year burned off of his entry level contract potentially, depending on how long he uh, stays with the big club or whatever. Um, and maybe doesn't develop quite as fast because he is playing in the AHL versus with NHL talent. However, the pros of that is maybe he develops faster because he is probably now playing on the first line, playing upwards of 20 minutes a night, lighting the league on fire, which I would anticipate him to do in the AHL, and potentially forcing the Blues' hands to call him up midseason when there's an injury and he is over point per game. Um, personally selfishly i want to see him play in the nhl just because i've been itching to watch him play a full season i said it before i think he could potentially be a sneaky caller candidate um if he has a real big breakout year um but logistically you know you look at the fact that they have to send so many guys down and him being able to be sent down to the ahl is pretty tempting from a contractual standpoint you know you would rather have a guy in the ahl that you can call up versus sending another guy down and having to put him through waivers or sending a guy to juniors just surface level it makes sense to send a guy down who has ahl eligibility eligibility and would not go through waivers and that is jake neighbors and that is why i think there is a chance that no matter how good he's played he gets sent down personally i want him on the in the starting lineup opening night yesterday i think he is such a fun player to watch he's such a stand-up guy the team loves him players love him the front office loves him they speak so highly of him um i think he fully deserves a spot and in my heart of hearts i think he makes the opening night roster regardless of what i just said he has the work ethic and he has a physicality and the defensive ability to play on the third or fourth line even though that's not where i think he would thrive i think he is more suited for a middle six top six role where he can thrive more offensively. I think he would be able to hold his own. You know, it's not a matter of like a rookie Jordan Cairo where his frame was a little bit small and he couldn't really hang defensively. Um, and, you know, couldn't, couldn't you know, it would make more sense to have him play, you know, on the first line in the AHL versus the fourth line in the NHL. It's not quite the same. I think Jake Neighbors would have play a fine role uh, on the third or fourth line with the St. Louis Blues. And that's why I'm kind of leaning towards thinking that he will make the roster i think with his ability um craig ruby in the front office is saying you know what that's fine we'll have this kid on our fourth line maybe it won't be the best in terms of fit but we're willing to we're willing to make that sacrifice in order to have him out there and the other the other side of that is maybe the blues aren't going to have a defensive checking oriented bottom six third or fourth line this year the year that they won the stanley cup their fourth line was really darn good offensively like yeah it held its own defensively but every one of their four lines could score goals and last year we kind of saw a reverse of that where the 
top three lines for the St. Louis Blues were just explosive goal scoring. You know, every single forward in their top nine had 20 goals. And the fourth line was pretty much all grind, defense, you know, body checking, big physical hockey. Um, And, you know, maybe they're going to go away from that identity. And the other thing that's contributing towards thinking that Jake Neighbors is going to make the opening night roster is injuries to um, Logan Brown. Uh, I don't know if his injury is severe enough to span into the regular season, but he is definitely a guy that would be competing for that spot with Jake Neighbors. And if he is injured heading into the regular season, I think it makes it more likely. Uh, The only other guy that he's really competing with for that fourth line spot is Josh Levo. And it's just a matter of does Craig Ruby value that veteran presence of Levo versus the kind of the the skill spark that Jake Neighbors brings. I don't know. I'm going to be anxiously watching him tonight to see how he looks out there uh, with Ryan O'Reilly and Jordan Cairo. Uh, he's got a lot to prove. He said that he's got a lot to prove. You know, this game could be the difference maker between him getting called up or sent down. So I'm going to be tuning in. I'm going to be watching very closely. I hope you guys are too. That being said, though, I am going to launch into this third and final segment coming up. I'm going to be reacting to the top 50 players in the NHL, according to TSN. And something about this article might surprise you. Make sure you stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the third and final segment of today's episode. So TSN, Canadian hockey uh, news source thing, I don't know what you technically call them, released a top 50 players in the NHL list. I believe it was voted on by their writers or by their staff or whatever. Um, and something on this, something about this list surprises me. Now, I'm going to I'm going to pose the question to you guys. I'm going to pause. We're going to make this like an episode of Dora the Explorer. Out of the top 50 players in the NHL, how many St. Louis Blues players are on the list? I'm going to pause. I'm going to let you think about it. Write your answer on a whiteboard, shout it out, DM me on Twitter, leave it in the comments. I'm going to give you guys a sec. All right, time's up. Top 50 players in the NHL. How many St. Louis Blues players are on that list. If you guessed two, you'd be wrong. If you guessed one, you'd also be wrong. According to TSN, the St. Louis Blues have zero top 50 players in the NHL. Now, looking through this list, a lot of players, I would, I can say, yeah, they're probably better than everyone on the St. Louis Blues. And I'm not making this segment to be like, this list is garbage. Uh, they're underrating the Blues. I'm kind of like on the fence myself. But there are a few names that jump out at me of, hmm, maybe, maybe a Blues player could have been up there. And I, I don't even know who, because I, I personally, I don't know if I can definitively answer right now who the best player on the St. Louis Blues is. You know, you, it depends on your outlook. It depends. You could say, Ryan O'Reilly is the best player on the St. Louis Blues because of his two-way play, um, although he has taken a bit of a step back in the past year or so in terms of his offense. You could say that Jordan Cairo is the best player on the St. Louis Blues uh, due to his dynamic skill. You could say Robert Thomas for the same reason. You could say Vladimir Tarasenko, whatever. I get that it would be hard to pick just one Blues player. However, looking through this list, and I'm I'm just, I, I didn't p- prepare this, so I'm going to put some, some names out there, and this isn't like, oh, this player definitely doesn't deserve. Just some names that jump out at me that I'm surprised that they made it over St. Louis Blues players. Number 50 is Chris Letang. Chris Letang, great player. Feels like he's a little bit past his prime. Um, but like Mo Sider, again, 
he's a rookie. He just broke out. However, he's a really good player. Um, similarly, Jason Robertson on Dallas. Now, I'm not naming these guys, like I said, to just slander them and say, uh, the, you know, uh, they shouldn't be on this list over Blues players. I honestly don't completely disagree with no Blues players being on this list. I'm just a little surprised. And I'm just naming some guys that, you know, I think there there could be an argument depending on the way that you the way that you approached it. Uh, Jake Gensel in Pittsburgh is another one. Uh, Nazem Kadri for Calgary. He had he had you know a breakout year last year, but is he really going to continue that trend? Um, but then looking up the list, you know, you get into the top thirties and you say, well, do the Blues have a top thirty player in the NHL right now? Do the Blues have someone on their roster that's better than Braden Point at number twenty six or David Pasternak at number twenty five or you know? Patrice Bergeron at number 33 I don't know and I'm I'm bringing this up because I think this would be a fun debate to have in the comments of this video or on Twitter or whatever does it surprise you that the St. Louis Blues according to TSN do not have a top 50 player in the NHL you know you would think that I'd be reading that list up in arms like there's no way like this is biased but I'm not I I don't say I don't want to say I agree with that statement I kind of got to think about it and that's why I'm posing it to you guys you know I could see a comment that changes my mind that I completely agree with or whatever. I just think it's interesting that the Blues, a team who won a lot of games last year, a team who won, uh, who had 920 goal scorers, is it truly a matter of they just had so many pretty good players, but no really good players, and that's a recipe for success in the NHL? Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just something that was interesting to me. And, you know, clicking on the list before I even read it, I thought to myself, you know what? There might not be a Blues player on here. And I was right. So my question to you, let me know in the comments, let me know on Twitter. Should the Blues have a top 50 player in the NHL according to that list? If so, who would it be? Or is the list accurate? Is the list correct? Uh, you guys can find it at TSN. It's all over Twitter. Just look up TSN top 50 players if you want to see the list for yourself. Again, not trying to slander, not trying to disagree. I'm genuinely just curious to hear your guys' thoughts uh, because I'm not so sure myself how much I agree with that list. And uh, what I will say is I think by the end of this season, the Blues are going to have more than one player on that list for the next year's um, the next year's version being Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo and maybe whoever else um, determines themselves to be a top 50 player. But that being said, let me know what you guys think in the comments or on Twitter. Like I said, if you want to let me know on Twitter, you can either uh, at me at Josh Hyman NHL right here or the Lockdown Blues Twitter at Lockdown Blues. You can also follow Lockdown Blues and all of our other various social accounts uh, Lockdown Blues on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Once you're done listening to this episode, go check out the Locked On NHL show. They cover, obviously, the whole league like it sounds. There's a great show over there. Tons of information. I, like I've said in the past, I listen to that show to keep me up to date with the NHL, especially a time like now when the news goes 0-100. to 100. You know, you had no games, and all of a sudden you got a million preseason games a day and news left and right. It's a great show. Definitely go check them out. That being said, that is all the time I have for you guys today. Wanted to thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. I had a lot of fun making it. Like I said before, hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. Getting close to 500 subscribers. There's a decent chance that I'm going to hit 500 subscribers right around the time for my 500th episode, which would be an insane coincidence. I'd have to do something really special for it. I think I'm going to probably get like the whole Blues team as a guest just all at once on the episode. That's, you know, fingers crossed. It's a joke. I, I wish. Uh, that being said, thank you all so much for listening. Appreciate the support. And as always, let's go Blues.